Hi, this is Gemma, and I'm here with Derek Esp, and he's from England. He lives in a small town called Hinton St. George. I think many people see him as a hero because he helps out lots in the village and has very heroic traits. I asked you for an interview because myself and others see you as a hero. Do you think of yourself as one? Not really, I don't know, because I often think of heroes who do some sort of great deed of battle or something like that. Uh, but uh, a lot of us who are given awards often have just uh, poked away doing what looked like quite ordinary things for a long time. Yeah. You know how that person wrote to the Queen to yes. get your reward? Do you think you like deserved that? Well, I don't think so, but they and a lot of others obviously thought I did. But <laughs> in the same way, sometimes I have uh, put people forward for some award and think one of them, and, and they've just thought the same, why me? <laughs> what would you say you do to help out in the village? Well, quite a lot of different things, really, um, because, first of all, Gemma, <clears throat> in the village itself, Granny and I did a lot of things which we ran. I mean, I, I produced um, pantomimes and plays and things in the drama group. I take services in the Church of England, not as a minister, but as somebody who's qualified to do that. Uh, so that's two things we did. Um, third thing we we did was, um, well, Granny did, was run the tea room. Nothing to do with me. I just did the washing up. But I've often helped to start new organisations in the village. But the award was also for working in the wider area around. When I stopped working um, uh, full-time, I became a local councillor of the county council of Somerset. And uh, I did quite a lot of work in my part of Somerset mm -hmm. in a variety of ways. Mostly uh, connected with schools and uh, connected with things like that. What is your motivation? Like, is it rewarding? Is that why you help out? Well, yes, it is, really. Certainly it's not because I get paid, because you don't get paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think it all started when I was sort of your age. I was encouraged to join lots of things and take part in them. Mm -hmm. And it started out very small. I was quite shy. And uh, the first job somebody gave me to do was to make a presentation to a man who'd given us an a nice old building for a youth club. Mm. And uh, I nearly presented it to the wrong person. <laughs> but people encouraged me to go on. That's how I came to be. Somebody does a lot of speaking in public. And there you get known a lot if you do give talks mm -hmm. around the place. And also I was always prepared to try new things. So while I was your age, they got me into the brass band in my hometown where I played the trombone. Uh, they got me into the youth club I spoke about, where I became chairman of the boys' committee. And um, they, and at school, they got me into uh, drama, which is where I came to eventually produce some. But um, uh, we did everything from uh, mostly things like extract from Shakespeare and that sort of stuff. And I also played sports and was a cross-country runner and did all sorts of other things. And in my spare time, I tried to study at school. <laughs> so what people have inspired you and like that might be your hero? They come at all times and levels. Uh, to start with, when I was young, uh, I was keen on running. And uh, there was uh, uh, Pablo Nurmi, a great long-distance runner in Finland. 
that kept me going on training sessions up and down hills as I was training. So, you know, and Zamiel Zantapeko, Czech runner, who was very good. Those are the people that inspired me to do my best at running. And then um, when I had to do my service in the RAF, because we had to do national service and I did, sometimes three years as an officer in the RAF, um, I was inspired by some of the people I met there who'd done brave and marvellous things. An example there would have been a squadron leader who was from Poland, who had been in the cavalry riding a horse against German tanks in the Second World War, and he transferred to aeroplanes or to England, was a very successful fighter pilot. That was still a person we looked up to because of the way he now did his job training new recruits in the RAF. So these, some of these were ordinary people as well. Then um, in terms of being interested in Christian faith and sort of taking services and helping things along, um, it was one uh, clergyman who was, uh, I was impressed by the quality of his life really. Somebody who was always very cheerful, always the first there when everyone needed help. In fact he went on to run a great outfit in the north of England which did a lot of that sort of thing, working with people in need and everything. And so a lot of the heroes have not been the ones I read about in my book, always. Some of them were, but um, they're the people like that, whose stories you hear as you go on. Yeah. I, yeah. What are some goals you wish to achieve? Well, I always like, if I take anything on, I always like to, uh, I, I like to make sure I do everything to make it succeed well. So, yeah. Um, I, I'm not just interested in doing the routine things for something that is already there, although, um, but I am prepared to go into something that is capable of being improved. Like when you're working as a governor of a school, if that school has an ambition to become really good, uh, I share that ambition with it, and you do your best to try and make that. Yeah. I know you said you don't see yourself as a hero, but what would you say, what heroic traits do you have in yourself? Well, I think one is I always like to do something new and different. Yeah. Um, so for years I didn't really know what career I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. But in my careers I've uh, always done things that turn out to be the first thing somebody has done. Mm -hmm. uh, the first one was um, uh, one day uh, somebody suggested I should apply for a study scholarship that would take me into Europe for six months. I was an education officer then. And uh, I always thought selecting the head teacher for all principal of the school was important, and we should do it right. And I put in a proposition that we should go to some other European countries to find out how they did that. Yeah. So I, I, I was given some money to go to Europe for six months to about five different countries where I met lots of people, made my own program, and I ended up writing a report on uh, how they did the training of head teachers. And then the next thing I found I was an instant expert because anybody <laughs> in the world who has done something for more than six months and writes about it <laughs> seems to become suddenly quite famous. I suddenly <laughs> found myself being invited to um, give a lecture at some conference in London and then being invited to go to a conference in Milan in Italy. So, and, and so that was one uh, strange thing. Another different thing I'd already done, I was a youth art worker working with young people out of school hours and thought it was a good idea to take some of them from all sorts of backgrounds who were getting awards uh, that day and um, uh, they introduced us to each other and then took us in and explained exactly what we should do. 
then the moment came, of course, when the Queen appears, and um, it's a, it was amazing how she kept going through the whole of the thing. But she's a very small person in stature, <laughs> and uh, was, but she had these very big yeomen of the guard, these big guards, ceremonially in front of her. <laughs> but behind her, her chief minder was a, an officer of the Gurkhas from Nepal who was slightly shorter than she was. <laughs> I don't think he was chosen because he was shorter than the Queen, but he was certainly a brave age soldier. The job was to make sure she was okay while we did, did the thing. And then, um, so when you actually went individually to meet her, people told you exactly when to go forward. And then she asked you one or two questions about yourself, which is uh, nice. And then she uh, actually gives you your medal. And then you go out and then the thing, first thing that happens is somebody takes it away from you because they then take it to put it in a box and everything else for you and the rest of it. And, uh, but then you come back and you can see what's happening for everybody else. But the Queen was um, alert and uh, really, it was, it was nice to be in that kind of occasion and to see how she did it. And it was also interesting to see the wide range of things that people um, had their awards for. Mm -hmm. There was one man who had been... Um, uh, in the, the field of working uh, with plants around the world. And he's actually saved plants from extinction. He'd arranged in one or two places for people to take samples and let the things grow. And, uh, but he said he'd, he'd had one failure where uh, the people of the place he was in uh, said they'd look after the plant and they didn't and it died. So that's what he lost. But, but it was interesting, the range of people who were, who were selected. And I myself have uh, recommended people over time for various things, and it's been people at all levels of work. That's the great thing about the award system. It can be the person right at the top, or it can be a person who maybe was feeding food for kids in a school for 30 years and doing lots of extra things for them as well. Yeah. And the school and the parents and community around all said, we think this person ought to get an award. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I think that's all my questions. Well, thank you for a lot of your questions. <laughs>